Tracy. Hello, welcome to Love Talk. This is Tracy Hines. This is Love Talk for everyday people. Uh, tonight, I have my girls with me, Leslie and Terry Saleh. Hello, ladies. How are you? Hey, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I am good. I am good. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving it was, was good. Fabulous. Mine was well, quiet. Good. Not me. Me and my family, cutting the fool, acting crazy. But Thanksgiving was good. Very thankful. One thing we did this year that we don't normally do is we kind of stood in a, in a long line, and everybody went down the line saying what they were thankful for. Even the little kids got in on the fun. So that was nice. That was nice to see everybody, you know, had something to be thankful for. It was good. Yeah. So, you know, as we put I, this show together. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Liz. No, I was going to say I spent the evening with my father's youngest brother and his wife, my aunt and uncle. And why is my 70-something-year-old uncle wearing leather pants and looking good? Because he is fabulous. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> he look good. Hey, they both look if good. you got it, if you got it, work it. They both there you look go. great. You know, when I thought about putting this show together, I always wanted to talk about stuff that um, people don't normally talk about, you know, that affects the masses. But, you know, you kind of just sweep it under the rug because either you're embarrassed or you think you're dealing all alone or you don't want to be judged or whatever. So tonight, um, a topic came up. Leslie mentioned um, fidelity. She thought, you know, fidelity is one of those kind of issues that people don't like to talk about. They don't want other people to know what they're going through. They don't want to be embarrassed, and they don't want to hear necessarily everybody's opinion on what they should or should not do. I personally have, you know, been involved, married, and um, fidelity was part of my marriage. So I don't know about you guys if you've ever experienced it before, but I'm sure we've all had it at some point or another. What is fidelity? Fidelity, well, number one, is trust. You have to be able to trust the person, meaning when I walk out the door and go north and you walk out the door and go south, I need to trust and know that, you know, you got my back and that you're doing things that are always in the best interest of us as a couple. So for me, fidelity is definitely trust. I'm not going to be chasing somebody down, following people, trying to figure out what you're doing. I need to trust that you're in this and we're in this together. Exactly. I feel the same way. Fidelity is all about trust. Now, the flip side of that is infidelity. What is infidelity? I think infidelity occurs on so many different levels. Some people attribute it to just a sexual act, but it goes back to what Terry was just saying, the trust level, and then people may perceive different things about what they think they know about infidelity. But I go back to the basics. If you're doing something, saying something, or acting in a way that your partner or your spouse or whoever wouldn't appreciate, you couldn't even tell them, there's something wrong with that. That's infidelity to me. Some people just attribute it to just this sexual act. And sometimes conversations can go awry and go down a, a road that people didn't expect. And it started out perfectly innocent. We were friends, right. we were coworkers, and the next thing you know, we're saying things and doing things that are inappropriate. That to me, that's infidelity. Yeah, I, I don't think infidelity is just the act of sexual intercourse. I definitely intercourse. I definitely don't think that. 
I, I, I'm sure that infidelity is being intimate on a level with someone other than your your partner, your your wife, your husband. You know, when you're sharing intimate things about yourself or your situations or you're flirting on a level that's going to lead somewhere else, all of that is, is, is in that realm of infidelity. And, I mean, it could be something that is, you know, well, I got a secret bank account and, you know, I've got money stashed here and you don't know what's going on with my business affairs and I'm doing something that, you know, I'm spending money that comes into the marriage and I'm taking it and doing something else with it. You know, it, it isn't, like you said, just about sex. You know, what are you doing that is unfaithful to your to your partner? You know, whether it be sex, whether it be spending money, you're not supposed to be spending all that can be in some ways, um, you know, an act of infidelity. I know yeah, that um, last week I was having a conversation with someone and I asked her the question, like, if you were able to call into our podcast, like, you know, what would you want to discuss? And while I was asking her the question, I was interrupted with a phone call. So I'm in the office and I'm taking a phone call and she's steadily writing on a notepad. And she wrote down a few things that I guess is something that she would like to discuss and see what people think about. And one of the things she was talking about on the notepad was people having friends of the opposite sex. What do y'all think about that? I think some uh, people can handle and some people can't. Go ahead, Terry. Yeah, I guess I was I, I think the same way. I think it's okay to have friends. I think it's healthy to be able to interact with people um of the opposite sex. You have coworkers, you have people that, you know, you just have relationships with that, you know, high school friends or whatever. Um, but you gotta, like you said, you gotta be able to handle that, you know, and know where your boundaries are and don't cross that line. What about yeah, because you the can't, idea that you, go ahead. You can't have, you know, you can't be in a relationship married or a significant other or, or just, you know, dating somebody and think that they can't talk to anybody or have a relationship with anybody. There's levels of relationship. So I, I thought about this. You know, you, I think men and women can have uh, monogamous, not monogamous, yeah, monogamous relationships. I think they can be just friends. I don't think they have to have intercourse or they have to lead to that. I think you can have a guy and a girl be friends without leading into anything bad. I think you can. I think you can. And then in some instances, I think you can't. I, and the reason why I say I think you can't, it depends on the motive of each person involved. Because a lot of times people think that these conversations that they have with one another are going to, is totally innocent and it's not going to affect the other person. But I feel if you have to go to someone else about something intimate in my relationship, first of all, we have a problem. Because it's just like with any other relationship, like I tell any of my friends or, or people that I'm in dealings with, if you have a problem with me and you don't come to me, then we have a problem. Because at some point, what's your ulterior motive? If your problem is with me, you never come and discuss it with me, but you feel like the only outlet is to go to somebody else who you call a friend, 
and discuss our problem, if that's what you think you're doing, to me, I think that's a problem. Because number one, you're gonna you're never going to address the issue that you have with me because you have somebody else's ear. And number two, what is her or his ulterior motive in listening? Why are you taking that out all in? Because at some point, you're too engaged in my problem. And at what point does that benefit you as a friend? And at what point are you soothing anything for yourself? Oh, this man's confiding yeah, in me. Back, this back. woman's confiding in me. Right, right. That, that goes back to knowing thyself, too. You know, if you know yourself and you have a pretty decent judge of, of, of people, you kind of can weed through the nonsense. Like, you know, when people talk to me, I kind of know if they're interested in getting to know me or if they're interested in something else. And I can kind of weed through that. So you really have to know yourself and what you can do to determine if you can have a relationship with a girl versus, you know, girls with guys and guys with girls and just be friends, you know. You have to know yourself and you have to know the person. Because not everybody can do that. And Leslie, I think, you know, the example that you gave is definitely an example of where a boundary was crossed. You know, I think, you know, especially in relationships, there should be an agreement. There are certain things that, you know, are going to stay within, you know, our bedroom and we're not going to talk about it with, you know, people outside of the bedroom. Right. I think that a lot of times in relationships, when people get married, you mature to that boundary. But initially, all kinds of boundaries are caught. And I can only use yeah, myself for yeah. example. I say that as... An, as all types of boundaries across, and they're being tested, too, because when a man keeps coming to you and telling you, like, oh, she's just my friend, she's just, at what point am I supposed to continue to trust that, oh, she's just my friend? And at what point should I be concerned? Because, yeah, yeah. You, well, you, you know, know people... Go ahead. I, go ahead, I think that when... When somebody's expressing something to you over and over again and letting you know this about themselves, like, I'm going to always have a friend. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's almost like you're conditioning me to understand that you're going to do what you want to do. And then we haven't discussed that boundary. Like, this really hurts me, and you're going to continuously do that. And you're conditioning me to accept, like, oh, that's just my friend. And I think that sometimes those lines are very blurry in some relationships in the beginning because they haven't grown to that level of trust. I think what we are talking about is something that we've all grown to, that level of trust, and we can pretty much gauge, like, oh, is he playing around? Is he really serious this time? But some relationships, and I'm, I'm hearing this a lot because a lot of people think that they're by themselves in this. They think that this infidelity is something that they exclusively live and they only deal with by themselves and nobody else is dealing with that. So that a lot of conversations are not being had. A lot of the right conversations are not being had. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't think everybody deals with it, but I think more people deal with it than 
than than people care to admit. You know, when you're talking about love relationships, there's all kinds of nonsense that gets involved in there. But if you're both committed to the relationship, you kind of work through it and you move on. But infidelity is definitely one of the topics that needs to be talked about a lot more. You know, what do you do? You find out that your spouse has been um, unfaithful. What do you do? You know, the first instinct, I know my first instinct when I was married was, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm, I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore because now I don't have trust, and I have no idea if I'll be able to gain that trust back. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard one because I know, you know, when I was younger and first married, in my 20s, if you had told me that that was going to happen, I would have been like, okay, y'all are going to see me on the news in a minute because somebody's about to be dead. You know, it was just, <laughs> right. it was just one of those things where, okay, somebody's getting ready to get hurt. But, you know, now that I'm older, you know, it doesn't feel as harsh, maybe because, you know, I'm just not physically able to beat somebody down like I was <laughs> in my 20s. Um, but, I don't know. It doesn't feel as harsh as it first did when I first got married. Like, that was just an unforgivable sin when I first got married. Now, I now think, you, both, you know, now, now you, I think it's you, okay. Let's go to a counselor. Let's, you know, let's find out, you know, what was the cause of this and let's see if we can work it out. You both agree, right, that women and men um, are guilty? On the same level, like I don't, I don't, I don't think men are cheat more than and then women cheat. I think it's just not talked about as much when women cheat. What well, do you, men what are cheating with somebody, so they have to be equally as guilty. Cheat with somebody, <laughs> exactly. Somebody but how many times have you heard people talk about? Oh, the guy is always a mess, right? Well, who's he cheating with? You know. Well, I think what you are referring to, Tracy, is maybe that you know when you're in a marriage and committed relationship, they say it's a higher percentage of men. Um, in committed relationships that cheat than women in committed relationships. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I kind of think it's probably to take two to tango. Yeah. I think that exactly. the motive for women in some cases are different to cheat. I always use that analogy that Oprah used many years ago. You, when a woman finds that one perfect man, it's like she's got the trophy that she always wanted. And she puts that trophy up on the pedestal and she will polish that trophy every day. She'll come home. She'll make sure it's just in place. When a man gets that one person or that one thing that he at that moment thinks that is the one, they'll put that trophy up on the shelf and then they look at that trophy for a little while like, oh, I know I can get more than one. And so they're trying to fill a trophy case and we're still polishing that one trophy, and it's and, and I almost say this, and 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 I'm scared to put it out there, but sometimes I think that monogamy, it, it's just not real. It's not a real thing. I mean, were we designed to just be with one person? Of course, we have the free will to be right, wrong, or indifferent. But at some point, is monogamy real? Well, here's what I say to that. Well, we designed to be with one person. I go back to Genesis, and I think about the Bible and what's biblical sometimes I do. And um, God created Eve for Adam, not Eve and Barbara and Suzanne and Mary and Michelle. He created one woman. 
for Adam and, um, and, and one man for Eve. So I think monogamy is something that you have to choose because you do have options. You don't have to be monogamous. But if you're not going to be monogamous, I think you have to be mature enough to let whoever you're in the relationship with say, no, that this is what I choose. Don't fake the funk and pretend that you're monogamous. Let the person know up front, I'm not interested in being monogamous. Therefore, you know, I'm going to see you and her and, and whoever else I feel. So then you can make a choice for yourself if you want to be down with, with that lifestyle. You know, I think that's what the problem is. There's not enough communication about what you really want, you know. So, yeah. Would I you be able to handle it if somebody came to you and said that? Like, you know, I really i am digging you, but you know what? For right now, I'm going to still see someone. Would you be able to handle that? Would you, it would hurt. I mean, if somebody came to you with that kind of honesty, because I, I don't know how that looks. I don't know how that sounds. It, it would I, hurt. I, I I'm going to tell you straight up. Honest. It would hurt. But for, uh, for me, now this is for me, I would like to know so that I can make different choices. Instead of me being head over heels with you and you're not with me, I prefer to know that. And then I can just go and yeah, find I think somebody the truth. Who's, yeah. Tell yeah. me the truth. I want to know. Yeah, and let me cry. I think that cry... And cry that truth is not doesn't come by easily because the person that is supposed to tell you that truth knows that it's going to hurt you. So therefore that's where the gameplay comes into place because they really dig you. They really like you, but they really like other people too. And they're interested in other people too. And I only say this because of the fact that, and I always want to caution how much I'm going to share of my life. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. I know what it feels like. I know what it looks like. And it's not pretty. It's not pretty on so many different levels because the one person who said that he loved me, unfortunately, his actions, like I always say, didn't match up with his rhetoric at some point. So it's not that it's a personal thing that he wanted to hurt me or he wanted to let me know where he was at in his life. He couldn't. He couldn't do it. Well, because whether it's he, he was, it was more his selfishness than anything else. It wasn't, it had nothing to do with me or setting me free or letting me know the truth. He couldn't do it. And, and on yeah, some and level, you know, that's going to happen. Yeah, that's going to yeah. happen in the relationship. But if he is able to do that, if he is able to be truthful, I want the truth. Yeah, and, and same. It goes vice versa, whether it's a guy or a girl, because there are women out there that believe the same thing that they there is no such thing as monogamy, and they can't be monogamous. So this is what they do. But like you say, Terry, for me, I would much prefer to know. Will I cry? I probably will bawl my eyes out and go through the whole why is me. And this is so horrible. And But I would much prefer to know that you're not in it like I'm in it so that I can move on. Because I believe in love, and I believe that there's somebody out there for everybody. So I would keep looking. And that, maybe you won't move think. on. Maybe you won't move on. Maybe you just, you know, okay, we're cool. We, we have a, right. a relationship where we both know that the other person is dating other people or, you know, we're just kicking it or whatever you want to say. But it's just nice to know where you stand. I exactly. guess that's where that's, that's I right. get my, where I'm cynical. Because I love love like the next person. But don't piss on my head and tell me it's raining. You know, <laughs> it, 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 
love is it, it's very personal, very deep. And you had said something just a couple of seconds ago, Tracy, and, and, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. If you if you would cry and then you would want to know, like, where did we go wrong or what, what could I have done differently? Not, I no, 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 no. I, I wouldn't cry. Okay. I, I, less, I wouldn't cry asking where do I go wrong, what have I done differently? Because I know me as a person. I treat people the way they treat me, and I try to be kind to people. I would cry mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of heal myself inside, and then I would probably move on. You know, I don't but like to share. But at any point, did you feel up. it was something that you could have done differently? Was it? I mean, because I know that it, it, could, it could be personal. It could be, you, can, you can turn this into something like... Had I have done something differently, maybe this person wouldn't have felt that they needed to do or meet other people. And you can turn, you probably, can totally internalize that. Probably in my twenties and maybe my early thirties, I would have internalized that that way and, and blamed myself. And maybe I should have wore my skirt a little shorter or straightened my hair or maybe let my hair go natural or not wear so much makeup. Probably when I was younger. I would have had that. But at this stage in my life here at 53, I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. I would, it would hurt. I'm not going to lie. It would hurt. My feelings would be hurt, but I would somehow figure out how to heal myself inside and move on and move on. If, yeah, if the you know, sometimes, the tears, sometimes the tears, Leslie, are like, you know, what? you had hope that this was just going to work out, you know, like, Damn, he was fine. I was hoping that thing mm-hmm. was gonna work out. And you just right, right. know, the tears are just like, okay, now I gotta face reality. This is not gonna be the one. And you know, like they used to say, you can pick up yourself after you do those cries and you move on. But you know, it's crying is kind of just like, Okay, I gotta, you know, change expectations. I don't I I hear what you're saying, both of you. I don't think that people rationalize as quickly as it sounds and that a lot of hurt occurs before you even get to that place. Before you even get to that place. It's almost like when we were talking last week with Darrell and that space and time that it takes from the minute that other person knows that they're not committed anymore to the time that they verbalize it. And what happens in that space is what is so damaging and what could destroy you in that space and time when somebody's deciding to do something different and they're not communicating. It, a lot transpires in that space and time before, yeah, the pain uh, is everybody knows, before everybody knows, before you can even get to the place where you're going to pick yourself up and and get through it, a lot can go on in that space and time that can be so damaging, and you better hope you have a self to pick up. And I, I, I'm not even putting it on an age thing because I know that at this age, it would still hurt me. It would still devastate me, and I would still have a, a little bit of a why. Like, what, what, why? What happened? Why, why are we, why? What did I, what could I have I, I would still and, have a little bit of that question before I even got to a better place to realize that it's really not about me. But it, a yeah, lot I, happens in that time and space. I think it's an individual thing. I really do. And I think it all goes back to that self-love because I feel like, you know, I'm a pretty damn good person. 
I'm a pretty damn good person, and, um, you know, I treat people well. And I like to do stuff, so I think that, you know, if you don't want to be with me, that's your preference, then let me know, and I'm going to move on. Like I said before, I'm going to hurt. But now, at this stage, all the why and, and what can I do, and I can't, I can't do that because that's not going to help me heal. And that's pretty much why I, don't, I wouldn't do that because I need to heal. I need to heal so I can get past it and move on to the next. Now, let's, let's, let's pull, turn this around. Let's say you're married, okay? You were in a marriage, and you guys took these vows, and you declared to be faithful, and suddenly you find out your spouse has cheated. Do you stay, or do you go? What determines that? Are we going Hi, to I'm back. Now? <laughs> <laughs> um, years ago... It would have been on and popping. Somebody would have been in jail. Um, now, probably will stay, you know, after trying to work it out and figure out what, what was the real reason that this happened. And, you know, see, was it something that, you know, the relationship is, you know, can't be repaired? Or is it something where this was just uh, a one-night thing? What was it? I need to do a little more research before I can say, you know, I'm totally out. Same here. I think if I'm married and it happened once, you know, we have to have a conversation. We have to talk and, and try to work through it. I don't think that, you know, I'm just going to give up because I think everybody's human and people make mistakes. I don't think um, if we've committed to one another, I don't think that I would just say, you cheated on me one time and that's it, it's done, it's over. I just can't see me going down that route. You know, now you're coming back to me every three weeks with another scenario. Well, so then we're going to have to have a different kind of conversation. But um, first time, I, I, don't think I, would, I don't think I would walk away. I think I would try to work together and try to figure out what's going on and, and try to work it out. But again, I'm not married, so I don't really know what I do. <laughs> I, I'm just of the thought that things happen for a reason. And mm -hmm. until you're going through it, you don't know what you're going to say. You don't know what your threshold is at that moment, at that reason, at that space and time. I mean, I've had a lot of people in my lifetime come to me and I guess because I have that that spirit of openness, like I will tell you everything. I'm an open book. Mm -hmm. And the first mm -hmm. thing that I say to anyone when you're going through is to check yourself, to be good to yourself, to take care of yourself during this because of the fact that it's not for me to say or to, to form the opinion for anybody to, to leave because I know I didn't leave. And I know that infidelity is something that I, it's almost like the time when I came home and told my father and my mother that I was pregnant and I was a young pregnant woman, 19 years old. And my father asked me the question, was this your first time young lady? And of course I said, yes. <laughs> yes, daddy. <laughs> Listen, let's take a break and let's come back to this. Okay. This topic is good. Let's go to break. Okay. All right, we'll be back in five. All right. All right.
Mute off. And we're back. Welcome to Love Talk for Everyday People. I am your host, Tracy J. Hines, author of Love Addiction. And with me tonight, I have Leslie from Maryland and Terry from D.C. Tonight, we are talking about uh, infidelity. And I think we left off with Leslie talking about her dad, questioning her about her, uh, her first. Go ahead, Leslie. What I was saying is that sometimes... People can't handle the truth. So when you're having that conversation with your significant other and it's about that infidelity talk, I think that they're trying very hard to be very kind, to spare your feelings of what is really the truth behind what's going on. So I use that analogy like when my father asked me when I got pregnant was that the first time I ever had sex, I knew for sure he couldn't handle the truth. So I said, yes. <laughs> so I say all that to say that in a marriage, and I've been married for quite some time, I know that we have grown to a place where we can talk and discuss a lot, and I hear a lot of conversation. I, I hear what my husband tells me about conversations that he's had with his friends, and I'm not trying to imply that I know anything or that I hear anything that would make anybody have doubt, but know that sometimes when people are having that conversation, a lot is being held back in that moment because, number one, that person really doesn't want to hurt the truth. It's so hard for them to come and tell you the real truth, so they'll give you a piece of the truth. And then to make a decision on whether or not you're going to stay, a whole lot goes into that decision of whether or not you're going to stay. And a lot of that decision-making, I hope for anyone, is that in this place and time when you're dealing with something like that, are you taking care of yourself? That's my, I'm, I'm, I'm a self-advocate. I take care of myself because if he never stops cheating on me or if he does... I know that I've been doing the things that make me healthy all along. And that's the only thing that I can say as an advocate. I mean, I've been in conversations, and I and it still blows my mind to this day. I remember having a conversation with a bunch of girlfriends, and one of the girls said, oh, I know my husband would never cheat on me. And for her to make that statement, especially in the place and time where I was, I was like, oh, my God, how the hell could she say something like that? How does she know that for sure? Yes, can you keep your marriage? Can you make your marriage cheat-proof? Say it again, Terry. Can you make your marriage cheat-proof? I don't know. That's the question. I don't know. I I don't know that you can either. But I want to go back to what Leslie said. I don't don't know that I I buy into that they don't want to hurt you. I buy into more of a selfishness. Because if you didn't want to hurt me, you wouldn't have been cheating from the very beginning. That, that's Maybe I, that's a little rough, it's a little cold, but that's kind of what I'm feeling. So if you've already done the act, I need to know what's going on. And don't worry about hurting me because you've already hurt me. You know, I already know that you've done this. So don't worry about that. I, I think it's more selfish. They don't want to deal with what's to come. And that might be more of a reason why people will hold back. You know, not necessarily because they're trying to spare me. And also, by not telling the truth, that's what leads to the infidelity. I mean, if you had told me before the issues, maybe we could have stopped this infidelity. You know, is there something that you want from me that I'm not providing? 
and you're not telling me that. I don't know. I can't read your mind. So instead of you communicating the truth to me, you go do something outside. But for some people, and I can only speak for some people, it's not about the person that they're sharing their life with, more or less that it's about them being selfish in that moment. So they never think, if, unless they get caught, they're never going to think or attribute anything, any of their actions to something that you didn't do. It was about them being selfish to begin with. So the only reason why you're having that conversation is because they got caught. The only reason why they're going to come and confess anything to you or have any kind of discussion is because they got caught. If they never get caught and they never and they, their behavior never changes in that time frame, then they're over and they may not never tell you. But when they do right, get and caught and they have to reason. confess. Go ahead, Mary. No, I was going to say that's another reason why, you know, when this happens, especially in a long-term relationship, that the woman should not take the blame and feel like she did something wrong because I agree that it's an act of selfishness. You should have told me up front before you did your your due, you know, what the issue was. And if you still can't tell me the truth, then, you know, I'm not going to take the blame for that. And a lot of times the woman takes the blame and is trying to figure out what is it that she did wrong when it really is nothing that she did wrong. It was something that the man just felt he, you know, he wanted to do. Right. Right. I don't think you just wake up and, oops, I slipped and fallen into infidelity. It's a process. I think it happens over time. I don't think you just leave your house today and go outside and, I was unfaithful. I I think, you know, you develop relationships with people that you know are only going to go one way. And and when that's happening, that's something that I hope that people can communicate. You know, this is what's going down. This is what's happening. So I have an opportunity to make a decision what I want to do. But again, not everybody can handle stuff like that. You know, and I'm saying this now, but I'm hoping that I can handle it. It's hard. It's very hard. And what you said earlier, Leslie... Slippery slope. Mm-hmm. It is. I would never, ever, ever tell anyone, male or female, oh, what? Your spouse cheated? Leave them. I would never say that. I don't think that that is something that um, I could tell anybody because I don't know the the entirety of their relationship. You know, you have to do what you think is best for you and figure out how do you recover from this. You know, I don't know how to recover from this. How do you build trust back? Every time, you know, we leave the house and go our separate ways, you know, how do you not think that your wife or your husband is, is going to the other side, to go into the other person, you know? How do you build it's a long road? Yeah, I mean, it's a long yeah, road back. And I can honestly say that infidelity, like you said, is not something that just happens overnight, like I'm going to be unfaithful. It's the grooming process. It's the idea that somebody leaves their house every day and they leave that door open for someone to get in and 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 not so willing to close it all the time. I mean, because you've gotten found out, does that mean that the communication stops with that other person? Part does that I mean that part in there where you have that door and you're in the grooming, I think that's what Terry was speaking to. At that time is when you need to talk to me and say, Babe, this is what's going on with me. This is what's happening with me. Because if there's a conversation that can take place, you may be able to divert these, these, these kind of situations. And maybe not. But I still think a conversation needs to happen. Because I think 
if you're a responsible, mature adult, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing, and you know that your partner is not going to be happy with this. So you have to make do conscious think, decisions. Do you think that there, sh- there are signs that people should be looking for? If somebody doesn't want to get caught, then you won't see a sign. If they do not want to be caught, in some cases, people want to be caught because they're tired. They don't like what's going on. They don't like the no, behavior. I- and then they get sloppy. But in some cases, if somebody doesn't want to be caught, they won't get they won't get found out. I think they're signs. I think yeah. they're signs. Yeah. But I'm speaking from me because I, I I watch people. I am very in tune with, with people, their emotions, how they act, how they don't act. And they're signs. You know, there are there are some 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 signs where you can tell when somebody is disconnected from you. You can see that. There's a disconnect that Oh, happens. and they're pulling away. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what does it look like? Yeah. I mean, you know, communication, when the communication is kind of strange, when you all are not having um, intimate conversation, you know, I don't know if that's a sign that, you know, something is actually happening, but that is a sign that, you know, the it's a sign. is strange. Um, right. Yeah, Intimacy on not, all levels starts to fade. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're not having, you know, if you're not having it on a regular basis, that could be a sign. If you were having it on a regular basis and then all of a sudden you're not having it on a regular basis, why? What's up? You know, that's another, you know, time to have a conversation. You know, we used to have it, you know, four or five times a week. Now it's like, you know, two or three times a month. What's up? You know, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And that ever so jitty behavior around the cell phone, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, they don't leave their cell phone anywhere and everywhere they go and the cell phone has to leave with them can't leave it down for a second you know all of that those to me are signs that something is not right if you know something and it's not necessarily that they're infidel or being unfaithful or they're cheating it's just a sign you know and it could be that you know so those are the things I think you need to watch out for the lack of intimacy you know, all of a sudden you're very concerned about where your cell phone is and you come up with excuses for everything. You know, new, normally every day, like clockwork, you're home by 730. All of a sudden now you got to work all this overtime every day forever and you don't get home until after 11. There's a problem with that. Some, to me, that's a sign. I don't know. know. I guess I beg to differ a little bit. Say that again? I said I beg to differ a little bit. You don't think those are, well, it, it, it may not be signs of infidelity, but it definitely is signs of trouble in the relationship for sure. And that's just the ebb and flow of relationships. I mean, like we discussed in previous weeks, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. But in the midst of the up and down, what's a different sign than normal? I mean, maybe so you, you don't just, think if there, somebody, maybe there's a, if you can't. If you can't look at somebody's mm-hmm. cell phone, if you can't look at somebody's cell phone and just go through their cell phone, you know, all of a sudden they have problems with you going through their personal phone or just their personal uh, Terry, I'm not even talking about going through their phone. Like, you know, and initially you would sit down and you'd leave your phone on the, on the nightstand or on the, on the coffee table and you'd go about whatever you're doing around the house or whatever and go in the bathroom and do... 
And then that ends. And now every time you move, your phone moves with you. To me, mm-hmm. something's mm-hmm. weird about that. You know, something is right. strange about right. that. When the behavior changes so drastically, you know, if that's how you've always been, your cell phone has always followed you around, then, then you know, that's not abnormal. But once mm-hmm. you've left it and then you can't move around without it, that's abnormal behavior to me. And I think it, 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 it's some kind of a sign that something is going on, you know. And it may if not be that he's it, if if somebody is not trying to let you know that something's going on, because it's wrong, they're not going to be that sloppy. They're going to keep up everything that they've been doing and maybe even a little more. They're not going to be that sloppy in some cases. It's the ones that when they're really tired and they don't want to do it anymore, then they start getting a little sloppy because they, they're trying to sit back and figure out, well, have, how come you haven't figured out something has changed? But in some cases, if somebody is hell-bent on having this life that doesn't include you but still wants to be a part of your life because for whatever reason they're not willing to let it go, some people can be that good and not drop a clue, drop a hint, not miss a beat, and still maintain something outside of or something different that doesn't include the partner. You're gonna miss a beat if my time has been. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna miss a beat, okay? <laughs> and I know you and I are gonna go back that. and forth on this, but the we way I'm looking at this, you're, you're gonna I miss a beat, okay? You're going to miss a beat because you're not that good. And I watch people. I look at people. I watch people. I may not say everything that I suspect or know, but I look at people and I watch people. And you go, people miss beats. They miss beats. They think they're slick and they're getting away with something, but they miss beats. And I'm I'm going to see a beat that you're going to miss. I'm going to see that. That's that's me. That's what I say. So I I don't know. Yeah, you know, if, you know, this person has never been a person to work out and all of a sudden they're working out, um, okay, yeah, if this is not a health issue. Your doctor didn't say all of a sudden you need to start walking because, you know, you're, you know, you're too, um, too stable and you, just, you need to increase the activity. You know, there's this thing that kind of like, you know, you want to raise your eyebrow like, okay, what's up with that? Drastic things like that, to me, might be a sign. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's, there's always a sign. There's always, I, I don't know. I think there is. I think there's always a sign that you're going to see something has yeah. happened, something is going down. And there's always those anomalies, Leslie. There are those people that are like superheroes and they can manage to carry on relationships with two people and neither of the other two people suspect anything, but I just think that's rare. I just think at some point... I don't. I don't think it's rare. And I... Okay. I I guess maybe because of conversations that I've had, things that people have shared with me, and I just don't think it is that rare. I think that the conversation of infidelity is rare and that people don't talk about it. But I And that's why people don't know the signs because they don't talk about it. That's why I think that people don't realize what the signs are. 
it's not rare. I think that it could be so subtle and in your face. And like I said, it's not the sexual act. It could be so subtle and in your face. It's those little things that you are willing to do that somebody else doesn't know about. And as long as they don't know about it, you're still willing to do that. That's infidelity. And it's those little subtle things and the conversations that I've heard that I say to myself, it's not as rare as people think it is. It's just not discussed. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. I guess I've never, I've always suspected even in those situations that somebody knows what's up. They're just not saying anything. I think it's hard to keep, you know, that person just totally out of the loop and they have no clue. I think maybe they yeah, have a clue and they're just not saying anything. They're not saying it. And sometimes you, you may not be as intuitive as somebody else's, you know. I, I watch people. I, I, I literally watch people. And I kind of feel like I can tell. I can tell when things are going down. You can just feel it. There's a feeling that happens, you know. And you may not be as in tune as I believe that I am. Not you personally, but whoever may not be as in tune as I believe I am. But I always believe that there's a sign. There's something along the way that we miss that has happened or is happening that we're overlooking that would lead you to understand that, oh, they're doing something different than what they've done in the past. And, and then, so like I said, it's that sign. What happens when you get the sign? What do you do with it? What happens when you get those signs? What do you do with it? Confront. You know, why are you um, suddenly, like, taking a shower with your cell phone in the tub? I don't understand. (laughs) You know, you confront. I mean, I make light of it right now, but, you know, Mm -hmm. you you confront. If you want to know. If you don't want to know and you want to live in denial, you just hold on to this information until... You know, you've had enough. You know, it all depends on the person. That's the whole thing about, you know, infidelity. Every person, man or woman, is going to handle it differently. No two people are going to handle the effects of infidelity the same. You know, it's different for everyone. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, Some people don't want to say the truth. The time and space. You've been muted to unmute yourself. Press the star key twice. When something changed, until when something comes, until something is found out, a lot occurs in that time and space. And I don't think it's just somebody wasn't in tune and didn't see the sign. I think some things were hidden from you. Some things were carefully done so that you would never pick up on it. And then at some place and time, some things are so that you can pick up on it. It's that time frame that that time frame from the one that the minute that person decides if it's that first phone call, that first text message until you actually find out there's a lot that occurs, a lot transpires in that time and space. And there's not always those subtle or even obvious cues for you to pick up on. It's depending on the person and who you're dealing with. It depends on who you're dealing with. Yeah, I'm sure that happens, but I'm saying again, me, I think I would know. That's just what I think, you know, I don't know if I really know. I knew when I was married, I knew that my husband was cheating. You know, it was very simple for me to figure that out when, 
you know, you just know. You know when something happens. Obviously, my scenario then was a little different because I went out and found out. But, you know, and then I asked and you tell me something different. So my, my, my response to him was, well, if it's that, then why this? And he had no answer, you know? So I don't know. Me, I think I would know. That's all I can say. I can only speak for myself. I, I would know. Some people will, some people won't. And some people are so good at hiding what they're doing that, you know, they won't, you won't know. Yeah, I think eventually yeah, it all comes out. Um, you oh, know. I believe that. And maybe, you know, it might take years for it to all just unravel, but I, I definitely think, you know, in those situations where somebody has been dealing with a spouse that's been unfaithful for years, I kind of feel like they've known for a lot longer than they've let on, but they just weren't ready to confront it or they didn't have the ability to confront it. They didn't know how to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I agree. It just goes on. It just goes on for years and years and years. We see it with the well, they weren't ready the to deal with what's going to happen right. once they confront it. You know, or some people just, you know, you know, for lack of better words, they don't want to change their lifestyle. You know, they, especially when you're married to somebody and that person is providing for you financially and. It's like, okay, if I, you know, fess up and say I know, where, where am I going? What, what kind of lifestyle am I going to have? Um, so you kind of stick with it because you don't want to change your lifestyle. And you hope that in this process that will end and, you know, things can go back to normal. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm, I'm sure there's women out there that know and don't want to confront it. And same thing with men. I'm sure there's men out there that know. And and don't want to confront it either because they don't want to end what they've been, you know, primarily happy in. You know, you figure something out and then what do I say? What do I do? You know, how do I carry on from this? You know, I could easily sweep this under the rug and pretend that I don't know and just carry on. And also, again, just, you just don't want your friends to know. You have a certain facade that you're putting on and, you know, everybody in your crew of friends thinks you're the happy couple, you're the couple that has it all, and you're not trying to break that facade. So, you know, no, I've got to keep, you know, this front going, and so I'm just going to have to deal with it in a, another way, but I can't let people know that, you know, I don't have it all together. It's a slippery slope. There's a lot that goes very into very slippery slope, and it's like you said earlier, everybody handles things and understands things differently. I just mm-hmm. know that it's a conversation that can go on forever because it's not something that's widely discussed. It's not something that people would even be willing to admit to or be willing to be honest enough to give the gory details to that significant other. It, it, it's a lot that goes into what happens during infidelity and how do you survive it on the other side of that? If you choose not to leave, if you choose to stay, how do you stay? There's a lot that goes on with that and that it's something that's not widely discussed because in some, it's taboo. Like Terry said, nobody wants anybody to know that they've really dealt with that. And can somebody even relate to that? Or can they handle your problem? Or can you trust them enough with your problem? 
it's it's a lot that goes into it. It, it, it this is a subject that could probably go on forever. It's not something that You've been I muted. know a lot Unmute of people yourself. are comfortable with, and twice. I have girlfriends. They come to me. They come to me because, like I said, I'm an open book. I'm probably more open in person than I would be on a podcast or anything else. And I will tell you what I've been through. But uh, it's a lot that people don't want to discuss, don't want to look at, don't want to touch, and don't want to admit to. Yeah, you know, with with infidelity, I don't think there's any one way or any right way to deal with it. I think you have to look at your scenario and know yourself on what you want out of your relationship. You know, I would never tell anybody they should leave. I would never tell anybody they should stay. You have to know what you want for yourself because in the end, it's your relationship. But I do think talking about it with people um, it's not necessarily the best thing to do right away until you figure out how you want this thing to go because people will judge you and people will be quick to tell you, oh, girl, if that was me, I would leave that guy. Or what? Your girl was doing what? Leave her, man. She's no good. You know, people are very quick to tell you what to do, but you have to know what's good for you and what you can deal with and what you can't deal with. And the process of, of rebuilding trust from infidelity, like you said earlier, Leslie, that's work. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. It's going to take time, you know, and, and you just have to figure it out. What's going to work best for you and in, in your relationship? Terry, if you can I'm give us a, a, your last thankful. word on it, I'd appreciate that. Well, I think what Leslie said, taking care of you is number one. So if that means you mm -hmm. have to go see a therapist or a psychologist to just get out whatever it is that you have inside and get that out and have somebody, you know, help to heal you emotionally. I think that's important. A lot of times we won't seek out um, the expert advice of a trained professional when it comes to that stuff, but sometimes it's worth the money to speak to somebody just to address those issues so you can heal. So I think it's important that, number one, you don't blame yourself if it does happen to you whether you're the man or the woman. And number two, you know, seek out um, expert help. Yeah, I, I think that, that's good. Leslie, I heard you chiming in. You had something else you want to you leave us with? I'm just thankful that there's a God that's taken my test and turned it into a testimony. And I just pray that anyone that I've ever spoke to in the past, that I was helpful to them because people have come to me. And like I said, mm -hmm. I, I will be willing to share what I've gone through, what I've witnessed, what I've experienced, and how I'm here today to still talk about it. And I just pray right. that anybody that I've ever talked to in the past, that they were able to be healed from it and that they are working towards whatever it is that God has for them. There you go. Well, ladies, um, today was great. It was a good conversation. Uh, my name is Tracy J. Hines. I am the author of Love Addiction. You can get a copy of my book on my website, tracyjhines.com. Uh, the e-reader is $3.99 and the paperback is $10.99. And tonight I'm going to leave you with uh, another poem that I wrote. It's called Addiction. My drug of choice is love. It keeps me flying high above. Seeking the full lessons of its power consumes me. And just like that, I'm devoured. Swept away on this roller coaster of life, losing to my own addiction.